0: Thinking of launching your very first course, but struggle with having just way too much on your to-do list, leaving you with absolutely no time to actually create and launch your course? If you can relate, you're in exactly the right place, because today I'm sharing five tips for making and saving time with your own course launch. That way, you can get your course out into the world sooner than you think, instead of leaving it hanging in your mind until time magically opens up in your calendar, because spoiler alert, it will not. You're listening to episode 122 of the Chasing Simple podcast, and I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. Sorry to interrupt your listening, but I had to take a second and tell you something fun. In the spirit of keeping things simple, I don't create a pile of resources for you, and it's been a while since I've created anything new. But the counter can now be reset because I've got something brand new and really exciting that I want to make sure that you know about. A guide to emailing your waitlist during your launch. Inside, I outline the eight emails that I send to my waitlist every single launch in order to build hype before the launch begins and create momentum from the start. You can get your hands on this free resource by heading over to amandawarfield.com slash waitlist dash emails. Again, that's amandawarfield.com slash waitlist dash emails. And of course, you can find that link in the show notes as well. And now I will let you get back to this week's episode. The first tip I have for you to make time in order to actually get your course launched is to batch your content. If you've been a long-time listener, you may be sick of hearing me say that. I will never stop saying it, though, because it really does free up so much time and mental energy in order to truly move the needle in your business. When you're not so focused on constantly creating content, you're able to actually work on projects because you have the time to and you have the mental capacity to work on Projects, which is going to lead itself into another tip that I have later. But not only does batching your content save you a ton of time and actually allow you to move that needle, but it also is going to make you consistent. And consistency is going to be so important both for your sales of your future course launch and also for your mental health. If you can show up consistently, you're going to build relationships with your followers. When you have relationships with your followers, they're going to convert into sales. The easiest and simplest way to show up consistently is to batch your content. It just is the way it is. So if you can set aside one week out of every single month to batch your content, I really, really encourage you to do so. And here's the thing. Consistency doesn't mean constantly. You don't have to show up all the time. You don't have to show up to best practices in order to be consistent. So if you're like, Amanda, like in theory, that sounds great. I just don't have a week that I can set aside. I have client work that has to get done all the time. Well, can you set aside two to three hours a day for one week out of every month? Maybe for that one week, you start work a little earlier and you do a little bit less client work so that you can Make time in your day to batch your content just for that one week each month. Yes, batch week's gonna be a little bit more exhausting. Yes, you have to be intentional and make it a priority. But if you can say, okay, I'm going to start work an hour early or I'll do it an hour later in the evening if that works better, but I'm gonna do one extra hour of work and I'm going to do a little bit less client work this week. And I'm just intentional about making sure that's possible. If you can start your day with two to three, or again, if you work better in the evenings, whatever, but you set aside either the first couple hours or the last few hours, whichever makes the most sense for you and the way that your productivity levels work and your energy levels work, set aside intentionally two to three hours. So it's the main focus of your week without taking up all your time. And then what you'll do is you make sure that you're only creating as much content as you have time for. Again, consistency doesn't mean constantly. You don't have to show up to best practices. So if you're like, well, that means I can only do one YouTube video a month, that's fine. Do one YouTube video a month and show up consistently. And then once you get closer to a launch, maybe you're able to bump it up a little bit specifically for the launch focus, but showing up consistently through batching your content is going to help so much, not only with the launch itself, but also in making the time to be able to launch. I have so many different podcast episodes on bashing your content and making time for bashing your content and getting consistent with your content that I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one right here. But that is the number one thing that you can do as a business owner is to batch your content. The second thing you can do is give yourself time. The number one mistake that clients, that students, that friends make when they're putting out a course launch is they decide a month before or even two weeks before. I've had a client do that before and said, hey, two weeks from now, I'm going to put out this new offer. Do not do that. Please give yourself way more time than that. Please don't plan a launch for a month from now. Not only is there a lot that goes into a launch, like a lot of projects and a lot to plan for, that's also not enough time to actually Move your audience from problem unaware all the way to student. You need a launch runway. I highly suggest a launch runway of eight to 12 weeks, specifically for your launch content. Outside of that, you might even wanna add on another month or two to give you time to plan and map out your launch, especially if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of time and you can only implement a little bit of time and put only a little bit of time towards your launch project. Maybe give yourself two months specifically for mapping and planning and then start your eight to 12 week launch runway. Give yourself time. Just like anything in business, good things take time and careful planning. And if we are trying to see zero to 60 growth all within one year, it's just not realistic. Give yourself plenty of time to actually do the project. I am a terrible example of this because I tend to throw myself in way too quickly and expect way too much of myself. But if you can give yourself more time than you think you'll need, you're probably aiming for almost enough time. The third tip I have for you is to implement a project day or a project time block each week. So I have themed work days and this has been a really key factor to being able to run two different businesses. So currently what my work week looks like is Monday is all about clients. I am dialed into clients. That's my only focus. It's the only thing I focus on. I take all of my client calls on Mondays. I do the vast majority of my client work on Mondays. Client, students, all all of that energy gets funneled into Mondays for both businesses. Although I have significantly more client work for this business than I do for the Disney business for Magical Escape Vacations, but all my client work happens on that day. Tuesdays is my project day for Amanda Warfield LLC. So this is what I'm working on, whatever my current project is, and I'm making progress on it. Wednesdays are my project days for Magical Escape Vacations. I'm working solely on that business and whatever my current project is for that business, I get that whole day devoted to it. And then Thursdays are for basically business management, admin, finances, KPIs, all of the different various things that I have to do as a business owner happen on Thursdays. And then Fridays are a catch-up day if I really need some time to play catch-up. Although I try to only work four days a week because of Russell's schedule and it's just easier that way. But you may be thinking, again, in theory, Amanda, that sounds great. You have a whole day for your projects. Awesome for you. But this works just as well if you only have time for a a block for a project. So let's say you only have two hours a week to set aside for your projects. That's totally fine. I very much was in that place before where I only had, okay, Wednesdays from this time to this time, that's my project time. As long as you're really intentional about blocking out that time and not letting anything encroach on it, two hours a week is actually a ton of time and will allow you to make a ton of progress on whatever your projects are. So if you can set aside just two hours a week at the very minimum, I mean, honestly, if you can only set aside 30 minutes, that's still gonna be progress. But if you could work towards two hours a week, you would be amazed at how much progress you're actually gonna be able to make to move the needle in your business. The fourth tip I have for you is to get some help. Whether that's guidance or accountability or a VA, get some help with the things that are on your plate. So whether you're hiring a coach or working with someone who is an expert in some area and they're able to say, do X, Y, Z, and they're taking that, that time of you having to play around and figure things out on your own, they're shortening the timeline for you. That's a great way to free up some time. Whether you are being part of a mastermind or you just have a friend group where you meet up for accountability, making sure that someone else is pushing you towards your goals is going to hold you accountable. And this really does save you time because if you know, okay, I've got to go back to my mastermind group in two weeks and I said I was going to get this thing done, you're much more likely to prioritize it if you know that someone else is going to ask you about it. And then the next thing you can do is to hire help, whether that's a virtual assistant or if you're specifically outsourcing. I actually just hired my first virtual assistant and I'm, I have a team now, which is kind of crazy. But even before this, I was outsourcing specific tasks. I've been outsourcing podcast editing for years now. Incredible. Cannot recommend it more. Podcast editing was something that took up a large chunk of my time and I really hated doing it, which made it take even longer. So do you have any tasks like that that you could outsource or are there tasks that maybe you enjoy them and you know you could do them, but it's just simpler if someone else does it for you. I just started getting help and outsourcing some sales copy. Not that I can't do it and not that I haven't seen success doing it, but an expert's going to be able to do it a lot faster than I will and it takes a big project off of my plate. Again, like I said, I just hired a VA, and she's able to help me with simple things to take those tasks off my plate. Nothing that's super, super incredibly time consuming. Right now, she's only working for me five hours a month, but that's five hours a month that I can then spend on speaking engagements, on marketing, on visibility, on moving the needle, on working on projects. Five hours a month, that adds up quickly. That's 60 hours a year that I'm getting back Move the needle in my business. I know that that's not always an option, especially if you're newer starting out. Again, I'm in year five of business and I am just now outsourcing more and hiring VAs and team members and things like that. So I get it, but there are other ways that you can get help that aren't going to cost as much. And then the last tip I have for you in making time to launch your course is to skip the course creation process. This is a soapbox I feel like I've talked about a lot lately, but You do not need to have the beautiful Kajabi course ready to go at launch. And in fact, I highly advise against it. Skip the payment that you need to make for a course host platform. Skip the time that it takes to create it. And skip the time that it's going to take you to redo all of it. Because after you run your course for the very first time, you're going to have to update it. It just is the way it is. As the expert in what you do, there are going to be gaps in your lessons that you just didn't even realize were gaps because you are an expert at this thing that you're teaching on and your students are going to have some gaps and foundational pieces that they're going to ask about. Hopefully, they'll ask you about it so that you know to fill it in for them. My suggestion is to teach it live. I would say teach it two to three times live and allow your students to show up there with you on Zoom. Ask questions. Those questions can help inform where those gaps are get to know your students, that's gonna help not only with the completion percentage, but also with just having people share about the course itself, with them giving you feedback with them. Anytime you have an ask of your audience, if they feel like they have a relationship with you, they're going to feel so much more likely to do it. They're going to want to do it for you. We talked about this back in the consistency. It's the same principle here. If you can build relationships with your students, they're going to be much more likely to give you feedback on how to improve the course, to let you know what they felt like they were missing, to share about it, to tell their friends about it. That's gonna be the number one way to see better sales and future launches is by building those relationships with your students. So you might as well, not only build better relationships, but also save so much of the course creation time because building out slide decks and recording and editing and transcribing and making the whole back end side of the course in the course host pretty, takes a ton of time. I mean, we're talking hours and hours and hours and hours. And if you launch it and then you have to change it all up again because you found out there were gaps, you wanted to improve it, which you will. It's just the nature of it. That's going to be more hours and hours and hours and hours of redoing what you already did. And the benefit to live launching into live teaching is so much higher, especially for the first couple times. So there's my soapbox there, but you can save a lot of the launch process time if you skip the 10, 15, 20 hours, it's gonna take you to actually create the course and just create your lesson plans in a Word doc and then teach them live on Zoom. So again, those five different tips for making time to launch your course. Batch your content, give yourself time, create a very long, drawn out timeline for yourself implement a project day or project time block, get some help, and skip the course creation. Your action step for this week is to download my launch waitlist email guide where I outline the eight emails that I send in my waitlist for each and every course launch. You can grab that by going to amandawarfield.com waitlist dash emails. And again, that link as always will be in the show notes if you want to just grab it there. Your book recommendation for this week is Simple and Free, Seven Experiments Against Excess by Jen Hatmaker. Just a heads up, this is a faith-based book for anyone who's curious about it. I always like to give that warning. But this is one of my very few five-star ratings. So when I'm rating a book, I'll give it anywhere between one and five, right? Just like on Goodreads. A three means that it was a decent read. I didn't feel like I wasted my time but I probably wouldn't actually recommend it to somebody else. A four means that it was good and I would recommend it. And a five means that I would read it again. When I'm giving book recommendations at the end of podcast episodes, I only tell you about four and five star. I never talk about a three unless it's kind of in conjunction with another one. And I'm surely not going to talk about a two or a one. But fives are really rare because there's, it needs to be a book that I just, oh my gosh, I would read this over and over again kind of thing. But this is one of them. This is one of my few five-star ratings. And, of course, I am a sucker for a good, like, simplicity-type book or activity. And within this book, Jen identified seven different areas of excess that she and her family face— Food, clothes, spending, media, possessions, waste, and stress. And then she spends seven months focusing on simplifying one of those areas at a time. And then inside of the book, she shares her struggles, her wins, and her lessons learned. If you like those type of books, I think I heard someone recently call it like a stunt book or a stunt genre or something like that, where someone is doing something and then writing about it. I highly recommend this one. And until next time, my friend, I hope that you will go out and uncomplicate your life in biz. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and Help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.